Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Having things, but we really have to hold all things like this before the Lord and never let it be elevated in a position above the Lordship of Jesus in our lives. We talked about that two weeks ago. Last week, we asked this, uh, one heart, is my heart whole? Is my heart whole? A broken and fractured heart has trouble receiving love and giving love. Has trouble receiving the love of God and giving love of God. We talked about that last week, how to be healed from brokenheartedness. This week, we're going to talk about one mission. Does love overflow in my life? That is a healthy Christian attribute, to have love overflowing in your life. Okay? So the title of our message today is called One Mission. Uh, real quick, before I get into the message, I just want to mention, in about, uh, about halfway through the message, in about 10 minutes, um, we're going to play a video on um, uh, a guy who had attempted suicide and survived. And I just want to say that if that subject is, is it's maybe a little bit PG-13, so it's a bit, about a 10-minute video we're going to play here in a few minutes. If it's a little bit PG-13 or your kids are younger than that, you, you just I want to give you fair, fair warning if, if that's inappropriate for them. I just want to mention that. Or if that really strikes too close to home for you because you've you know, personally encountered that or had a loved one, um, just be fair warned that we're going to play that. It's a powerful God story. It's an amazing God story. But I just want to warn you that that's coming up here in a few minutes. Okay. So we're going to talk about love overflowing in our lives. Particularly, I want to talk about stopping for the one. Stopping for the one. Leslie mentioned it in the service. God will stop a whole service for one person. Amen. We, we as believers want to be the ones that stop for the one. Many times churches become so focused on reaching the masses that we forget that it's really just about the one. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 15. We'll get there in a few minutes. Before we get into the micro, talking about the one, I want to take a minute and highlight the macro. What we as a church have been doing um, and what we, what we do as a church, uh, as our missions and our outreach department, um, I want to just highlight a few things, because um, we're talking about one mission, and we'll talk about reaching the one here in just a minute. Um, we as a church are heavily, um, we believe heavily in missions, missions and outreach. Um, it's, a, it's a huge value of ours. In fact, 10% of all tithes and offerings that come into the church, 10% of all tithes and offerings, we turn around and we sow into local, national, and international missions. Um, and so last year, 20, uh, 2020, um, we sowed, or, uh, we gave uh, $69,559 into local, national, and international missions, but... Many of you give above and beyond your tithe. Many of you tithe, and we take 10% of that. Many of you give above and beyond that to our missions department. And so an additional $45,227 was given for a total of $114,786 that we sowed into missions. And so I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for um, your faithfulness in giving. And we, we obviously want to reach our city and reach our world. Um, if you want to see a list of the ministries that we uh, help uh, partner with and we help support, 
Um, you can go to citylights.church forward slash missions. And if you ever want to give above and beyond your, your tithe to these missions, um, you can actually designate on that, on that page um, a gift to the specific missionaries. We always have um, the three giving tabs we always have is tithes and offerings, missions, and building funds. So if you just give generically to missions, we'll allocate that in uh, whatever, we, whatever way we kind of see fit. But if you specifically give to one of these ministries that I'm going to mention, um, we'll make sure that all that money goes to them as well. So let me highlight a few of the, the ministries that we, that we support. Um, our international partners are <clears throat> uh, Tents of Mercy Israel, uh, Me for My Neighbor, which is in Ken, uh, Kenya. Is Kennedy in the house this morning? Wave at us, Kennedy. All right, he's over there. Um, he heads up that ministry. Him and his wife head up that ministry um, that's over in Kenya, and they're reaching people over there. It's amazing. Uh, Matthew and Amy Baldwin, Thailand. Stephen Walter. Is Stephen in the house this morning? Stephen's here. Or in the back. Stephen is on, uh, he's on a holiday, and he uh, is based in uh, Indonesia. So Stephen Walter with Wings, uh, Wings International in Asia. Also, Becca Giles, Wings International Asia. Uh, Simi and Susanna Petrovsky of Campus Crusade Macedonia. Jake and Gina Anderson, uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators and the Amazon Brazil. Jervis and Melissa Fisher, uh, LOL Ministries in Belize. Rodney and Ellie Hein, Africa, Waisu, uh, Mozambique. And Help International Global Aid. Those are our international partners, so you guys so into this without even really knowing about it. Um, our national partners are, uh, well, let's say, in Rachel Fontangutu, uh, International House of Prayer, Kansas City, Missouri. And our local partners is Youth for Christ here in Greeley, amazing ministry here in the city. Kala. Uh, Nick Cooper, Chris, uh, Christian Challenge at UNC. And the Resource Center right here in Greeley, Colorado. Um, and, of course, we do many more as a church. We do many more outreaches and missions projects here in our city that aren't listed here. But those are where that money goes. So you, you guys are, those of you who give, you, that's what you're going to support. Uh, one ministry that I, I can't do this for every ministry this morning that I just listed, but I want to give a snapshot of one particular ministry, and that is the Resource Center uh, here in Greeley. Um, the reason why I want to do that is because this weekend is Sanctity of Life Weekend. Um, we at City Lights are emphatically committed to the sanctity of life for the unborn. Um, uh, so much so, actually, uh, we don't have specific language in our bylaws that states our pro-life um, stance. We're actually working on crafting right now pro-life language that we'll be voting on at our next annual business meeting to put into our constitution and bylaws. Um, but since it's uh, Sanctity of Life Weekend, I want to give you a few numbers from the Resource Center from last year. Um, last year, they administered 409 uh, pregnancy tests, 335 STD tests, uh, they had four abortion pill reversals. By the way, um, Dave texted me this morning, Dave and Cindy, which the Resource Center is closed on Sunday, but they have an emergency hotline. If someone has taken the abortion pill and they change their mind, they want to reverse, uh, do a reversal on that, um, people can call that emergency hotline, which they had that happen today, and they did an abortion pill reversal today. And, and uh, yeah, and saved a baby. So that was happening today. Um, but last year, they had four of those. They gave uh, 231 ultrasounds, 19 Passover babies. That's where the mother was planning to have an abortion but chose life instead. Woo! 
They also had 17 salvations, five rededications, and 33 abstinence commitments. So awesome. We're obviously proud to partner with that, with that ministry here in Greeley. And think about this. Um, the resource center who gives, you know, um, um, pregnancy tests, SCT tests, ultrasounds. It's a ministry that does this for people, meeting people at a hugely pivotal point in their life. But think about this. They saw more salvations than a lot of churches do over the course of the year. A lot of churches don't see 17 salvations in a year. And so they're being very effective in reaching people. And 19 babies were saved from abortion. So we're a proud supporter of that ministry. And um, if you want to give specifically to that ministry, um, we have giving tabs open for both our adoption fund and the resource center this weekend. So we encourage you to, to, to do that. Okay. That's a bit of the macro that we partner with. Um, but I want to hone in now a little bit on the micro, okay? The one. God stops for the one. He cares about the one. Did you guys find Luke 15 yet? You've had plenty of time. You could have even gotten help by now. <clears throat> Luke 15, 1 through 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. <laughs> Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? When he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Verse 7. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I love that we serve a God who goes out of his way for the one. I was that one at one point. You were that one at one point. Yes, he is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the great I am. He's the ancient of days, the everlasting father, the one who was and is and is to come. But Jesus, our Lord, was also a servant. He was also a servant. Matthew 20, uh, 24 through 28, Jesus said this, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first um, must, uh, must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus said that the way to greatness, and by the way, we're all called to greatness. You were called to greatness. You shouldn't want to or have to or need to repent from that. We are all called to be great. There's a desire in every human for greatness. But Jesus says this, the way to greatness is to take the low road. The way to greatness in, in God's eyes is humility. It's to take the lowly position. It's the inside out, upside down kingdom. It's completely opposite of what the world does. Okay, if we all saw Jesus in his full splendor and, and the beauty of his holiness, our only response, if, if, if Jesus in his heavenly, heavenly glory appeared here, our only response in this room would be to worship him. 
It would be a no-brainer. In fact, you couldn't help but to only worship him if you saw Jesus in the full beauty and splendor of his holiness. But I love that there's something about the fact that Jesus came as a suffering servant and laid down his life for his followers. What kind of God lays down his life for his followers? What kind of king serves his people? What kind of Lord stops for just one person? Just one. First John chapter 4, verse 17 says this, As he is in the world, so are we. As Jesus was in the world, so are we supposed to be. In other words, the way that Jesus walked, the way that Jesus talked, the way that Jesus acted, we are supposed to be like him. He wasn't just our atoning sacrifice. Of course, he was our atoning sacrifice for our sins. He was also our example. He also, the way he lived his life, the way he stopped for the one person, the way he loved people is supposed to be our example. Jesus' ministry, of course, was multifaceted. He spoke many times to the multitudes. He spoke to the crowds. The, the Sermon on the Mount, the feeding of the 4,000, the feeding of the 5,000. In Luke 10, the Bible says that he had 70 disciples that were sent out, two by two. So he ministered to the multitudes. He ministered to 70. He primarily had 12 disciples that he ministered to, which was his core group. And of that core group, he really honed in on only three of those individuals who were the core of his core. But I love the fact that we serve a God who didn't just minister to the multitudes, he stopped for the one. The woman at the well, the woman with the issue of blood, the demon-possessed man, the garrison demoniac, blind Barnabas, the centurion whose servant was sick. Jesus stopped and ministered to the one. He had time. The king of glory, the Lord of lords, had time for one person. He wasn't so busy that it would only speak to a minimum of, you know, 300 people, whatever, okay? Sometimes you do, um, you know, you request speakers to come to your church, and sometimes they will only come to churches if there's X amount of people in that church, like 300 or more or 500 or more, which I guess I understand. People want to, you know, have more impact, whatever. But Jesus would stop for the one. Church, I believe 2021 is a year where City Lights Church becomes the church that stops for the one. I just want to sow that vision into you that when people walk through these doors, we are cognizant of the one. And when you go back out into your city, we are thinking of the one. We're ready to stop for the one. We're not so busy that we don't look at people and care about people. Amen? Many of us may not realize it, but stopping for the one may be the difference between, in some cases, life and death. I'm going to play that video here in just a minute of the um, survivor of suicide. Um, many of you might not realize this, but inviting someone to church to hear the gospel can be the difference between heaven and hell. Amen? Stopping for the one can be the difference between breakthrough or no breakthrough in that person's life. Amen? All right. <clears throat> I want to give an example of this, and this video will become really obvious where I'm going with this, but go ahead and roll that video. Kevin Hines jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived. Experts say suicide is a growing concern during the pandemic. There's no better person to talk to than Kevin because he tried it. 
will tell you exactly what he did. He joins us in a moment with his important story. What were you thinking right before you jumped? I sat on that bus in the back row, middle seat. I'm crying my eyes out like a baby. There was a guy to my left, said to the fellow next to him, what the hell's wrong with that kid with a smile on his face? As soon as you let go of the railing, instant regret. What should people do? The vast majority of survivors say the same thing. What have I just done? I don't want to die. God, please save me. Jumping off a bridge that high is like slamming into concrete. A vacuum sucks you under 70 feet. What happened when you hit the water? What intervened? It was the single worst action I had ever taken. More teens die by suicide than heart disease, AIDS, pneumonia, the flu, cancer, and lung disease combined. And that is a travesty. I thought I had to die. And I was wrong. To anybody out there watching this right now, what do you want them to know? I got on the next bus. I sat in the very last seat in the middle row. We began to drive out to the Golden Gate Bridge. And that's when it hit me. I realized I didn't want to die at all. I said, well, what are you doing, Kevin? Get off the bus. And so I'm sitting there and I'm crying my eyes out, hoping for one individual on this bus crowded with people to look at me and say, hey, kid, are you okay? Hey, kid, is something wrong? Can I help you? I, I was walking up to the bus driver, hoping that he would see my pain but I could not say it overtly. I could not tell him that I was in trouble. I could not make those sounds. And he looked at me. Come on, kid, get off the bus, I gotta go. There was a guy to my left, said to the fellow next to him, while pointing at me with his thumb, what the hell's wrong with that kid with a smile on his face? I thought, that's it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. A wave of emotion overcame me as I stepped down off of this bus. My feet heavy, my heart palpitating, waterfalls flowing out of my eyes. I walked forward. As I stood atop the Golden Gate Bridge walkway, staring and leaning over the four foot nothing rail, peering down to the looming waters below. I walked back toward the traffic. I ran as fast as I could and I threw myself over the rail. The millisecond that my hands left that rail, instant regret for my actions. I fell 220 feet, 25 stories at 75 miles an hour in four seconds. I prayed on the way. What have I just done that I want to die? God, please save me. My father, on the morning of, he pleaded with me to be with him that day. He pleaded with me to just hang out, because he could see something was wrong. And at six in the morning, I entered my dad's room, and he looked at me and he goes, Kevin, what's wrong? And I desperately wanted to tell him the truth. And eventually I convinced my dad that morning that I was fine, knowing full well that I was going to the Golden Gate and I was gonna die. He turned to me and he said one of his favorite things. Kevin, I love you, be careful. When you hit a vacuum, sucks you under 70 feet. My legs were completely immobile. I had shattered my lower vertebrae into shards like glass. I swam 70 feet with one breath, 
and without the use of my legs. It was the fastest I ever swam because I knew I wanted to live. I break the surface, I'm up and down in the water. I can't stay afloat. I keep going down. My boots are waterlogged. I cannot stay afloat. I'm going to drown. Praying the entire way, God, please save me. I don't want to die. I made a mistake. I broke the surface. God, please save me. I don't want to die. I made a mistake. Bobbed up and down in the water. God, please save me. I don't want to die. I made a mistake. I can't die here. If I die here, no one will ever know I didn't want to. No one will ever know I knew I made a mistake. And that is when something began to circle beneath me. It was large and very slimy and very alive. And I just gonna die by a shark bite. Just kept circling faster and faster beneath me. No longer was I waiting in the water. I'm lying on top of it being kept buoyant by this thing. It was, it was bumping me up. I was no longer swimming. I'm lying on my back, being kept afloat by this thing, thinking, when is it gonna bite me? There was no shark. What there was, a sea lion. And the people above looking down believed it to be keeping me afloat until the Coast Guard boat arrived behind me. He got the phone call from the hospital. And he calls his secretary, Rachel, and, and, and says, uh, Rachel, uh, my son has just jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. I need you to ride in the passenger seat of the car because if you don't, I will drive off of a cliff. He wouldn't be able to see straight to get to the hospital. And he walks in to my room. And I'm laying there all, you know, kind of broken and bent. IVs in both arms. I had a tube coming out of my chest and just waterfalls flow from it. I looked up at my dad. I said, Dad, I'm sorry. And he said, No, Kevin, I'm sorry. And he comes over and he puts his hand on my forehead. And he says, Kevin, you are going to be okay, I promise. And I never held words closer to my chest ever before. I just, I just held them. Okay, Dad says I'm gonna be okay, I got this. The road to recovery was pretty long. I, I still have all the symptoms I ever had. I just know how to cope with it and I know how to beat it. I built a support network over these years so that I wouldn't be fighting this alone. My dad took me back to the bridge a year later to the date of my anniversary. And we, we stood at the very light rail that I attempted. I knew exactly which light rail it is. On the drive there, he pulls over right in front of the police officer's union building and he goes, Kevin, Kevin, pick a flower. I go, Dad, I'm not picking a flower from the police officer's union building until you get arrested. He goes, pick a flower, Kevin. Jump out, grab a purple tulip with yellow inside. We go to the bridge. We get to the parking lot. I don't want to get out of the car. I don't want to get out of the car. Dad, I can't do this. I can't do this. Kevin, we need this. You have to do this. We need closure. So we walk out to the bridge and he says, show me where. And I showed him the exact light rail like it happened the day before. We hold the flower over the rail. My father grabs my left hand with his right. We say in our father. And he says, drop the flower. And I dropped the flower and it wafted down and hit the water and made the tiniest ripple effects. And two feet to the right, popped up a sea lion. And it was arguably the most beautiful moment I've ever had with my dad besides him being the best man at my wedding. Now I know that no matter what I'm faced with, I will defeat it. I have chronic thoughts of suicide. They plague me. They'll never, ever take me. 
there's no way I'm going to take my life. I'm always going to ask for help. If I was able to exit this body and just, just be someone there for, for me, my 19-year-old self on that bridge, I would have stopped. I would put my hand on my shoulder, gently nudge it this way, and said, this isn't the answer. Your life matters. Your pain matters. And this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. Anybody out there watching this right now, considering it, what do you want them to know? Stop. Breathe. Just take a moment. Four in through the nose, eight through the mouth, pursed lips like a whistle with no sound. Stop. Breathe. Stop. Breathe. If you give the world time to have things change, you might get to have that beautiful future that you never even desired or imagined. I travel around the world trying to help people who don't have it all, who don't have that support network, I mean, find reasons to support themselves. And if one of you is suffering and you're quiet about it, today, tomorrow, the next, ask for help. Practice never again silencing your pain. Tell the truth about it to someone. You're not alone, and suicide is never the solution to your problems. It is the problem, and you can defeat this pain one day at a time. It's a crazy cool story, huh? What stood out to me very profoundly about that was the many people who saw him on his way to, to end his life. And... Stopping for the one can be the difference, literally, between life and death. And many times you don't even have the privilege of knowing that someone's emotionally on the outside. Sometimes people are dealing with this on the inside and you can't even tell. But my prayer, this is my prayer and my belief, is that if someone from City Lights Church had been on that bus or saw the hymn beforehand, that it still would have been a God story. That was a God story, but it would have been a different kind of God story. Because one of us would at least say, hey, are you okay? Hey, can I help you? My prayer is that we'd be a church that stops for the one. I'll conclude with this. I love what we do here, church. Church was amazing today. I love what we do here. This is important. We get filled. We get encouraged. We get built up. Corporate teaching and corporate worship are extremely important, but our goal is not just to have good services. Our goal doesn't just involve crowds and systems and structures and moving masses of people through. Our goal is to equip you to go back out into your world to be the light and the love of Jesus. Our mission statement is this, we exist to light up our world with the love of Jesus. How do we do that? It's by you guys going back out and being a shining light of Jesus everywhere you go. Here at this church, we want you guys to be equipped for ministry. 2021, one of our focuses is going to be honing in on equipping you to reach the one. And someone might say, Pastor Kurt, I'm, I'm not a minister. I'm not a minister. I'm just the, you know, the pew sitter, even though these aren't pews, right? Yes, you are a minister. You are, we are all ministers, right? Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, it says this, And he, speaking of Jesus, he himself gave some 
to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the, edi- uh, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay, he, it says here that the saints, that's you and I, we are to be the ones that are equipped for the work of ministry. Ministry, it's not complicated. It just, in the, in the Hebrew there, or the Greek, it just means service. It literally means like, like one of the ways it's used is waiting tables. That's ministries, just serving people. Okay, we can all serve, amen? Jesus was a servant, and we're supposed to be like him. All right? We need to stop missing opportunities to reach people because we're not called to be the evangelist. I'm not the evangelist, right? Listen, it's not about being the evangelist. It's about seeing people through the eyes of Jesus. The evangelist's job is not to do all the evangelism. <laughs> Let me say that again. The evangelist's job is not to do all the evangelism. The evangelist's job is actually to equip the saints for evangelism. Equip these saints for the work of the ministry, for works of service. What did Kevin need on that bus? What did he need on that bridge? He needed a hand on his shoulder. Hey, kid, you okay? Hey, kid, can I do something for you? Hey, kid, can I help you? Okay, here's my point today. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. Just care. Just care about people. What if I look... We're so into ourselves. (laughs) What if I look stupid? Who cares if you look stupid, right? And even if life and death isn't in the balance, who cares if you look stupid, Right? Let's be a servant of all. Um, I'm going to have Greg come up. I, he told me a, I don't know why we were talking about this, but he told me a testimony this week of, I believe it was the first person he led to the Lord. So yeah. go ahead and tell that. Yeah, I was, oh, hi. I was uh, 17 and we were out with a group of Christians that wanted to do evangelism on the street. And I was real scared and nervous. And I didn't, I, I was looking around, I was kind of just standing there. I must have looked really funny. Just standing like, what am I supposed to do? How do I start a conversation? And I saw this girl sitting on a park bench by herself. And I heard the Lord say to me that, that her father had been mistreating her. And that, he, that she sees God like that. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to do something. <laughs> I know what to do now. So I walked over to her and I probably seemed creepy or something. I don't know. (laughs) And I just sat down and I said, "Um, can I just tell you something? God just told me that. And when you say God just told me, like people listen. Right. Just told me that your father's been mistreating you. And, And before I said the rest of it, she started crying. And her heart just opened up. And I said, and God does, he wants you to know that he's not like that. And we started to talk, and it was amazing what happened in her life. And I actually, I was pretty immature, and I didn't, like, follow up with her or anything. <laughs> but I still got to do something amazing in her life in that moment. And she had this new hope. Amen. And it was just so, like, simple. Yeah. Come on. Thank you. Yeah. You can give it to her, actually. <laughs> it's super simple. And many times you can't tell... On the outside, someone's going through something, but you know by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. If God gives you a dream or gives you a nudge, that's what we want to train you guys up in, is, of course, the obvious. Anyone could be on that bridge and say, hey, are you okay, man? You know, we should all be able to do that. 
But what we really want to instill in this church is just that that intuition of the spirit, knowing, you know, to ask the right questions to people. Amen? Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.